Today's episode is brought to you by grasshopper.com. Save $50 on your order at www.trygrasshopper.com slash cinema recall. This podcast may contain adult language, adult situations, and some movie spoilers, so listener discretion is advised. Ah, uh, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me. You're a bluebird. You're a brownie. You're a Girl Scout cookie. He doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> oh, I used to love doggy chow. I used to love doggy chow too. Want a date? Going out? Looking for some action? Need some company? This is a snakeskin jacket. For me, it's a symbol of my individuality and my belief in personal freedom. It's not important, okay? You're not important. Get used to it. Baby, you are gonna miss that plane. Welcome to the Cinema Recall Podcast. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Cinema Recall Podcast, continuing our Sedaris September cover the films of Andy Sedaris, and my guest today is the one and only Damien Riley of the podcast, Riley on Film. Hello Damien, welcome to the show. Or actually, back to the show. Hello. I feel like I live here lately. No, just kidding. You, well, you, you kind of do, man, because Damien has been... A, uh, this is like the third time I think Damien has been on the show. Right. Uh, previously, he talked about uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and then we also talked about uh, the 2000 version of Charlie's Angels, and yes. now Damien is back to help yes. me discuss not one, but two Andy Sedaris features uh, full of, like, uh, Double D and Double Barrel Shotguns. <laughs> Double D women, <laughs> double barrel shotguns. We are we are talking about the features hard hunted and fit to kill. All right. Uh, before yes. we get into that, uh, definitely here, uh, gotta give some small shout outs to our wonderful Patreon subscribers. Uh, yes. Big shout out here to Jason Soto of the podcast Whatever with Jason Soto, and I believe you can find him on Twitter, which is. Um, whatever, Jay Soto. So thank you very much to Jason Soto. Definitely check out his podcast, Whatever with Jason Soto. And also we want to thank Matt from the podcast, Matchly at the Movies. And he has a great podcast as well. And you can find him on Twitter, at Matchly Movies. Uh, definitely just check them out on most podcast apps, which is Matchly Movies. But big thank you to Matt and Ashley from Matchly at the Movies for being another Patreon subscriber. Really greatly appreciate the support and love there. Um, now on to you, Damien. Now you host mm. a horror movie podcast called Rally on Film. Tell us a little bit more about your podcast and why you chose okay. horror to be the main speaker yeah. there. Uh, well, it's, you know, it's been horror for probably two years, but I always uh, leave the possibility open for another genre, but horror just happens to be one of my favorite genres. I also like thriller, drama, mystery. I mean, I like a lot of different kinds of movies, but uh, I've just been stuck in horror, and I think Zoe would be proud of me out there if she's listening. <laughs> oh, we're talking about uh, Zoe Rose Smith, uh, Zobo with a shotgun. 
That's right. Yeah. That's right. She has another great uh, podcast too. Um, I've done a few shows with her on Talking Stars, and I think I was on with her a couple times on The Lamb, and she's full on horror. I don't think she even does any other kind of genre. Uh, so but, reviews, you know, really like hardcore movies. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I just met so many great people since I started. I think it was about 2012 that I sort of started blogging about movies and then podcasting came into it probably three or four years ago, maybe five years ago. It's, I don't really keep track, but yeah, it seems like it's been a while and I met you through the lamb and we have kept in touch and we've done shows and, uh, you know, you're just one of my good friends of podcasting. You're my, you're one of my good friends as well. Uh, one quick question, Damien, what do you think the difference is between a horror and a suspense movie? Ah, good question. Uh, suspense is going to be like a Hitchcock, you know, like, uh, keep you on the edge of your seat. And if you haven't seen Alfred Hitchcock movies, that probably won't help you. Uh, but they just on the edge of your seat. You don't know what's happening next. Uh, maybe biting your nails. Of course I don't do that, but you know what I mean? It's a figure of speech. Sure. And then, um, horror is, uh, discomfort. Okay. Uh, primarily, but there's other elements of horror. There's many different types of horror. Sure. There's revenge horror. Uh, I think I was talking to you about a revenge horror the other day. Uh, what's the one where the girl falls off the cliff? What is that? Oh, one? Revenge. Just, yeah, revenge. No yeah. wonder I couldn't think of it. It's the actual word itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she had. Yeah. So she gets her revenge, and and that's a pretty awesome movie. There's. A lot of movies. Uh, I Spit on Your Grave. It could be considered horror. Yeah. Uh, and that is uh, someone getting revenge. So there's revenge horror. There's, you know, high levels of gore. Yeah. We were talking about Zoe. She kind of gets into that. And then there's creepy horror where it's just you feel like your whole – like you're in the screen and, and it's a full moon and you're in a graveyard and you can't get those thoughts out of your mind. That's really my favorite kind of horror but thriller is more active uh suspense uh just you know you feel almost nervous you know watching it but it's a good nervous and then horror can have suspense that's what i wanted to say sure horror can have suspense but it's not limited to just a suspense or a thriller film it's not i think of suspense and thriller kind of as the same sure (laughs) so yeah I hope that I hope I answered correctly. No, that totally that totally made sense. Like the what you said too about horror movies making you feel uneasy, and mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Um, well, today we're not talking about horror movies. Uh, some may some may think these are horrible movies, uh, <laughs> but uh, we are going to get into our thoughts right now about uh, Hard Hunted and also Fit to Kill. But we got play some ad spots from some amazing people and then we will be right back waking up at the crack of noon that's the life for me a tropical drink waiting by the band to raise me back into reality then i dip in the water because it's getting hotter a few drinks later it's night it takes a lot of work just to play this hard but i know i'll get it right Another day in paradise Shaking, baking the sun 
Hey folks, Rob here from Fat, Drunk, and Stupid. And what is that, you ask? Well, aside from three words that describe my life, it's a podcast. We talk about food, fun, fellowship, movies, books, video games, pop culture, and much more. Also, some very interesting guests and some awesome stories. And of course, some cold beers along the way too. So look us up on Twitter at FDS Podcast 7 and look for Fat, Drunk, and Stupid wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Do you like movie podcasts hosted by inebriated people? That's Kai with the cracking voice and Heather's touched by evil. One thinks he's Spider-Man, the other is a ninja. It's the Man I Love Film Podcast, it's the MILFcast. Hey everybody, I'm Kai. And I'm Heather. And we are the host of MILFcast, the Man I Love Films podcast, the unofficial official podcast of manilovefilms.com. This is the podcast where we like to talk about what we've been watching, talk about movies, but mainly we just like to drink, be silly, and play a whole bunch of games. So we think every other week you should grab a drink, snuggle up, and let us make sweet love to your ears. Otherwise... We'll make sweet love to your couch. So come and find us on iTunes. Just search for MILFcast. And now some quick words about our sponsor, Grasshopper. Owning a small business is not easy. Trying to remember the names and numbers of employees and clients can be very stressful. Grasshopper's unique phone system makes it much more easier for you to just focus on your company. Grasshopper works just like a traditional phone system, but it requires no hardware to purchase or software to install. Callers can reach you via your cell, your office, or your home. So save $50 today at trygrasshopper.com slash cinema recall. Hard hunted. They're back. The sexiest G-men in G-strings. This time, they're hot on the trail of a stolen nuclear trigger device. The most valuable artifact in the world. Kill everyone who stands in your way. I have a feeling I can forget about my tan. It's a tough job, but somebody's gotta do it. Survival of the fittest. Hard hunted. Someone will not get out of this alive. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Cinema Recall Podcast, continuing our Sedaris September month. Uh, the first feature that we are going to talk about right now is Hard Hunted. Um, now, I'm actually just going to pull up right now the IMDb synopsis, unless you have this on here already, Damien. Maybe yeah, you want me to read it? Yes. Okay. Uh this is Hard Hunted, 1993. Uh, an international arms dealer will stop at nothing to retrieve a stolen Chinese nuclear relay hidden in a Jade Buddha figurine. It's up to a group of undercover federal agents, stationed in Hawaii, no less, to stop it falling into the wrong hands. Oh, so during the credits, we're seeing this boat, and we're seeing this guy... And he has like this. Uh, he brings this busty Asian girl to his room, yeah. where another girl's where another girl waits. And then during the crest, these guys are fishing something out of the water. And then I wrote down there too. Uh, in the bedroom of this uh, boat, this guy is drinking champagne. As two women strip, they get fully naked, 
And then one of them seems to just wave her head back and forth around, you know, her private area. That's all he's <laughs> doing. Can't yeah. tell if she's throwing down on her, but she's just waving her head back and forth. <laughs> kind of touching I, I think it's the soft, the softness of her hair. Maybe. She's just kind of waving it over the other one, yeah. Very much there. Uh, we find out later that this is uh, Jade and Mika who are two spies. And apparently, yeah. uh, the guy who's watching the show, his name is Kane. And mm. he's say because he gets this, like, statue, this green emerald statue he wants. Um, uh, and then we kind of cut to this beach resort. Okay, so picture this right now with me, Damien. We're at this beach resort, and we see this woman singing this really kind of, like, tone-deaf song. <laughs> Uh, yes, oh, I remember that song. Yeah, the, the redhead right there. Uh, this is Edie, played by Cynthia Brimhall, mm-hmm. and she's singing her song. And apparently, at this resort, there's this radio station, and at the radio station, there is this also this other uh, busty blackhead lady, black-haired lady named Ava. And during mm-hmm. her radio shows, she gives clues to the agents in riddles. Okay, that's <laughs> that's their main job is to communicate with other agents. It's like this whole resort is like a headquarters for yeah. like this group of like uh, international spies uh, called Lethal L E T H A L. I don't know exactly what the acronym means, and I will find out for sure on future episodes. So <laughs> just stay tuned to that. Or, or if any of you know it, you can put it in the comments and. He will give you some sort of reward. Was it to kind of stop right there, Damien? You know, what do you think of what was happening uh, on the boat um, with the (laughs) two ladies? You know, apparently these are like spies. And then the part where you see the other sexy red-haired lady singing. uh, What were your thoughts when you were first watching this movie? Uh, I, I had trouble blinking. Okay. I was enjoying watching it. Um, yeah, I think they both had it going on. Uh, definitely, uh, it's like you should watch Charlie's Angels first, you know, to get all, you know, worked up. And then watch this because they actually take their shirts off. Fair. Fair. <laughs> you know what this kind of reminds me of? And we'll get to it later, though. This kind of reminds yeah. me of, like, Baywatch. Yeah. But a little yeah, bit better. Similar. But it was because, almost like a Skinamax. I don't know. That, well, I they, think you're a little younger than me, but they when Cinemax first came out, everybody called it Skinamax. I remember Skinamax. Okay, there you go. I, I told so you like, that. Yeah, like at night, like after the kids had gone to bed, like about nine thirty or ten, even then they would start these movies where they were sort of like skin flicks, but they were just full on like uh, soft porn. You know, they didn't really have a story or anything. That was decent. This actually has kind of a fun, almost a kung fu feel to it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but then you got the hot babes too. So I I think this director, and when I say hilarious, I'm not making fun of him. I'm saying it's just fun. You know, it, what he does is fun, and I find it fun. <laughs> oh, I totally agree with that. Uh, so trying to get back to the story a little bit here. So we yeah. got uh, Jade and Mika. They're on the boat. Uh, they are seducing Kane. To steal this emerald item, all right? Uh, and I find it funny too that when one of the uh, women is trying to like, steal 
the mm-hmm. statue, they play the song called In Your Eyes. Yes. It's very, like, it's supposed to be this very kind of, like, sultry, sexy song. But yeah. in the context of her trying to steal stuff, and she actually ends up shooting uh, one of Kane's bodyguards. Um, yes. I don't know. I, I found the song choices in this to be hysterical <laughs> and it adds like a lot of like unnecessary humor to the whole thing because i'm sure yeah. the song is supposed to be like sexy and you know a rock right way. but if you hear it I'll, I'll play clips here and there on the show but yeah. it's just hysterical it um, really is yeah I'll, I'll, and I'll it's feel... yeah go ahead I'll, i'm sorry db i always feel like this should no. be like a bond song like a really bad yeah. <laughs> Well, don't give it too much credit. Probably <laughs> it probably was a Bond song, but then they rejected it. One thing that I thought was interesting, and I think this was in the first scene, uh, it's when the brunette is getting away. And they're both getting away, I guess. And they're in the truck, and they have to speak kind of in code to the radio host. Yeah. That was interesting. It was like... Uh, she wouldn't say actually what's going on. She's speaking all like the spy language and the spy lingo. Lingo. I wish I would have wrote down some of those lines because they were pretty pretty cool. Uh, you know, just we still we don't have the advertisement or something like that. I mean, she just would. She meant the jade thing or the the little um, Buddha statue, but she would make it sound like uh, she was calling into a station. Oh, she says, I'm leaving this time because he cheated on me and I'm not coming back this time. In other words, that means we're on the run, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I remembered one. There you go. So, yeah. That, that was kind of funny and cool. It was. That was at, yeah, that was Mika. And you're right, yeah. she just called the radio station show because uh, her cover's been blown. Um, and basically, Ava gives her coordinates to go to a safe spot, mm-hmm. which is where... Donna and the new girl Nicole from Lethal are in. Of course, uh, Donna played by Donna Spear, Nicole played by Roberta Roberta Vasquez. And of course, when we meet our heroines, Donna and Nicole, of course, they are on the rocks by a waterfall. It's like they are shooting a magazine cover. Mm-hmm. They are in their swimsuit bikinis. Yes. Uh, then we cut to this Pentagon, White House, the, the in Washington, near the White House at the Pentagon. Agencies are agents are discovering or sorry agents are discussing a weapon that was stolen, and they believe it was put into the emerald item that uh, our bad guy Kane has. Mm-hmm. And Lucas is this like uh, I guess office worker for like this government agency. He gets a call from Edie, who is the senior at the start, um, yeah. telling him about the woman that is uh had to her cover was blown or mm. something of that nature there and then uh and then there was a guy who was helping Mika to escape uh, yes he's there at the work part. uh this guy turns out to be a double agent working for Kane by the name of Cole Waters Mm, right, cold water. Cold waters. That's right. <laughs> uh, then we feature uh, one of Kane's henchmen is Al Leon. Now, Damien, have you heard of this actor before? When you saw him, do he look familiar to you? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, his name is. You just said his name, right? Al, yeah, uh, Al, Al Leon. Yes. Yeah, he's he, been in. Um, 
I at first I thought he was in Austin Powers. Uh I don't believe he okay, he was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure as Dita's Call. There you go. That's what I had wrong, yeah. Because there's similar kind of humor in those two movies, you know, so I was thinking, oh, uh, maybe he's in, uh, you know, uh, Austin Powers, but now I realize he's he was in Bill and Ted's, yeah. He was also in Die Hard. Wow. He's also in Lethal Weapon. Oh my gosh, he gets around. He was in Big Trouble in Little China. No wonder I was confused. No. <laughs> I've seen all those movies. <laughs> yeah, so you have seen him in, like, yeah. kind of your big cool. movies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he actually lethal lethal weapon four, um, Godzilla, Escape yeah. from L.A. Double wow, Beverly Hills Cop three, holy crap, Last Action Hero. But uh, yeah, he actually has appeared in at least a few of these Andy Stairs features, including Savage Beach, which I talked about last week with right. Rob from Fat Church and Stupid, and then this movie too. Uh, it actually has more of like the speaking parts in this movie. So And he ha he has a helicopter named Raven. Oh see, I never picked up on that. Alright. <laughs> yeah, his helicopter is really weird looking. It it almost looks like a demilitarized like something you'd see in the Road Warrior or something. It has like sharp corners and things he's put on it that are weapons and, and it says Raven on the side. So at one point he says to his partner, uh, you know, uh, get get Raven ready to go, and I didn't know if that meant a woman or not. And then I said, "Oh, the the helicopter is called Raven." I get it. Nice, that was so, a helicopter. And he's a pretty good shot, but you know, it's always cracks me up in these kind of action movies when you see the bullets hitting the dirt and they're running and they just like right behind them the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you noticed too? And we'll get into this later on too. But every time there is a gun scene or gun shootout scene. It shows, like, just, it's a two-cut. So it shows a one-cut of someone shooting a <laughs> gun, and the next scene is someone uh, avoiding the bullets. You never just you yeah. never actually see them in one shot. Yeah, and that's what they used to do uh, in the 80s. Was this, oh, this is 93, okay. Yeah, he, he probably knew how to do it more realistically, but he probably didn't care. He's like, oh, just, you know, yeah. people people will get it. And we kind of do it. It really doesn't matter. So in the story, uh, Leon's character is following the girls, and um, they actually know he's, he's hunting Mika, and he shoots her, kind of in Don, Don and Nicole and her all around the same place, and Leon's character shoots at Mika, um, who dies, uh, mm -hmm. but our two girls, Donna and Nicole, they escape with the item, with that emerald item, all right? Uh, and I find it funny too that both of them are trying to shoot at this helicopter who has rockets and all they yeah. have is just small pistols. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I remember that. Well, of course, they had been kind of in regular clothes, I think, at that point. They had dresses on. Yeah. So, so they had, they had to have them be able to stow them somewhere, you know? So they were probably in a little pocket or something in their dress. And, uh, so that made sense to me that they had the small guns, but, uh, I forget, did they hit anybody? I don't, I don't think they so. did. Those, I, I don't think they did, but I know for sure that Leon's character, you know, kills Mika. Uh, and then Nicole makes a call out to Lucas at the Pentagon headquarters, and he tells them to meet at the hideout spot in Hawaii, which the bad guys soon find out about. Mm -hmm. Uh, then there is a funny sequence where this guy named Shane who has, like, this, uh, 
Out of, you remember the show Full House? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the guy jo- was it like Joey the the rock singer? Yeah. Of the guy's I think he name. Was, yeah. But Probably jo- yeah, I think well, I think it was Joey. Yeah, but I could be so wrong on this, and if I am, boy, I would be in trouble. Yeah, I, I forget the character. full house names are not my forte. So Fair enough. Well, in the show Full House, um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna bother trying to like look this up right I now. I think it is Joey, but you might be confusing him with Friends Joey. Well, uh, no, Friends I, Joey is an actor. He's an actor. Well, I know it. But, well, there's a there's a character in Full House who's like kind of like the rock star. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It's John here. Stamos. John so Stamos. Just, yeah, yeah, John Stamos. I think it was name. Jesse. Yeah, it was Jesse. Uncle yeah, Jesse. Yeah. Sorry. All right. You got uh, it. So this guy kind of looks like Uncle Jesse, and he's there with this uh, beautiful, um, busty blonde lady, which I don't remember her name. Uh, but she's showing he's showing her how to shoot a gun. And mm-hmm. he's trying to shoot these cans, and he can't hit one target. But when she takes a gun, she's able to shoot all the all the targets with mm-hmm. not a problem at all. She's uh, a double agent. She's a double agent. That's right. We never knew it. We <laughs> she never be. knew it. All right. Uh, so we got uh, Bruce and Shane. Now Shane is a person with like black hair, and Bruce is the guy with like blonde hair. And they're both awaiting Donna and Nicole at this hideout, uh, but they are spied upon. By that same double agent, Cold Waters. All right, mm-hmm. and then during this moment, after both uh, Donna and Cole arrive, Donna is taken hostage, and a gunfight ensues. And right. uh, Edie Edie Stark is the singer, right? Yes. It's yeah. Yes. Um, now, on the plane, Donna here can see up her hand. And she's able to, like, kick the bad guy out. And I find this point. She's able to drop the bad guy out. And then she's able to drop a grenade mm-hmm. and escape via parachute. Yes. Like, <laughs> it seems like... That's the best scene in the whole movie, in my opinion. But it I'm glad you seems, mentioned that. It almost seems like Demon 2 that the grenade just happened out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, maybe she found it in there. That's what I was thinking. But if you look at the shot... When she's like, you know, tied up and they have the pilot and the bad guy, I don't see any grenades at all. Yeah. And then it just seems like there just happens to be one just strategically placed somewhere. Like she just reached behind her back and bam, there their grenade was. Yeah, and I mean, don't like evil helicopter pilots or airplane pilots, don't they like carry a, a parachute? Don't ah. they have one on their back? It seems like he yeah. would have just jumped out right after her, you know? I thought, yeah, but guess not. <laughs> well, they, he didn't have time to. He exploded right away. Well, with all these boobs flying in my face, I, I sometimes have thoughts about what <laughs> <laughs> But not often. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, so after Donna, you know, she jumps out of the airplane with a parachute. She lands, but she crashes her head on a rock when she lands. So she's passed out. Uh, the other agents of Lethal begin to search for her whereabouts. Um, there is a, a set scene that happens between Lucas and Edie, who is the gorgeous redhead who sings at the beginning of the movie. So want to keep your track of where we're going the story here. But that yeah. set scene was so tame that if my mm-hmm. grandparents walked in, I would not feel at all embarrassed to shut it off. Yeah, this is not... Skinamax, like we were talking earlier, it's 
it's more uh what's the word for it kind of like you remember that movie hot shots with charlie sheen it reminded me a little bit of hot shots only there weren't like in your face jokes you know but it, it, yeah. it, it was it was filmed kind of similar to that where you know you're you're meant to kind of laugh and you're meant to you know admire these lovely ladies uh, but you know it's not and then the sex scene yeah i agree it was pretty tame but it, it, i don't think it's meant to be like a soft porn or anything like that it reminds me of like kind of the love scenes in 80s action movies like lethal weapon 2 and like top gun Oh yeah, um, and I was playing this on a last episode. But if you ever watch, uh, it's all it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, where uh, they actually have like a love scene between Frank, and always feels like the curtains being blown and everything's moving really kind of slow motion. Mm-hmm. That's what this kind of reminded me of. So it's taking the uh, uh, inspiration from some of those early '80s movies, but it's giving you more by having yeah. you know a lot yeah. more cleavage and you know boobs and butts and. All that stuff, but all their movements is not what sets is, and I find it to be hysterical. Like, <laughs> like that's well said. Him and actually, uh, I found I found a video that actually shows like a commentary from Andy Sedaris as he's mm-hmm. shooting a set scene, and he shoots it oh like a photographer shooting a romance cover novel, because the actors are just posed together. The two actors are just posed together. Yeah. For like a long time. And then they set the camera up for another shot. And then it's just another pose of them. Uh, and then there's a sequence too where he has like a scene where a lady's being like laid on the floor and the guy is on top of her. And they're just giving kind of small movements there. And he says in the commentary, you know, the guy's got a sock on. So you <laughs> might keep it safe there. Like, I was like, holy crap, I would not be able to like, you know, maintain my sock if I had to do that. So that's uh, a major, a major, major commitment on the actor's part to just start like just stay in like still poses and there's somewhat a uh, I guess a photographer's eye when it comes to yeah. shooting scenes because each cut of the movie could almost be a romance cover novel if you actually you know zoom in more or pull out more you could actually could have just a uh, a romance cover novel to that. Yeah, and they are, you know, there's a level of that in these films. They are, you know, there's some romance, there's some kissing, there's some sex, there's some, you know, bare-chested women <laughs> running around. But it's, a, I wouldn't really call it, um, <clears throat> you know, like a, a soft porn no. or something like that. I wouldn't call it that. It's more, it's kind of somewhere in between just uh, funny, silly, exciting, and it's, then with nudity. An erotic sets action comedy. Uh, and his wife, well, who was uh, Arlene Sedaris, is like on the set as well. She's a producer. And mm. the commentary, it was for, I think, Return to Savage Beach uh, that mm-hmm. I mentioned. Uh, she is also involved in the filmmaking as well because she's a producer and their husband and wife team who work together and mm-hmm. make these movies. So, hey. Yeah. Kudos I- to... You know, Andy for being happily married and making these movies with his wife, and they seem to both enjoy it. So I'm like, hey, good for them. Yeah, and I have a question for you. Shoot. Um, have you ever heard – I know I did a review on these movies a while back. I was, like, uh, exploring the splatter genre. Okay. I don't know if you've ever looked that up or heard of that. I hadn't until I started watching these movies. But – the guy I discovered was a director named uh, Lloyd Kaufman. Oh, yes. Love Lloyd Kaufman. 
Okay, I don't want to make sure. Oh yeah, about him. I used to. I used to have an interview with him on one of my old okay. podcasts, which I lost, and I'm feeling oh, no. upset about that. You mean you interviewed him? Yes, I interviewed Lloyd Hoffman. Oh, dude, that's yeah. amazing. Okay. Here I thought I was going to show you something new. You, oh, you've no, interviewed so, so, the guy. <laughs> solo films are amazing. Uh, one Toxic of my... Avenger is great way to start. It's oh. a good one, just basic. Oh, I, uh, I you like that you... one. Yeah, I got to have you back on to do a whole. Film, oh, uh, definitely. I say we do some of his movies because they're great and they're they're more on the kooky side, but they you know they have the the boobs, <laughs> they have mm-hmm. some similar things, uh, but it's just. He is, he doesn't care. That's why I like his movies. They're just so funny and you can just sort of, I mean, I, it's, they're hard to like do a review of because how do you criticize someone who just doesn't even care? He's going to do what he wants to do anyway. And I respect that in filmmakers. Oh, so no. yeah, we should definitely talk about some of his movies if you're up for it. I should definitely, uh, on one of my old sites, which is the Vern's Video Vortex, I, I have a that whole site. collection of trauma reviews on there. Oh yeah, Troma. Yeah, that's the film company. Yeah, yep. Troma. Yeah, and Troma. it's also the town that they're in, right? Tr- Tromaville. They're... Yeah, Tromaville got it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are great too. I mean, for great fun and a little on the risque side, they're they're also really good. Oh, dude, we gotta have you back on to do some Troma movies. That would be just. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, let's do it for sure. That would be just amazing. All right. <laughs> I so... like it that we're working together more. This is awesome. Oh, fuck yeah, man. So, uh, getting back to our filmmaker, Andy Sedaris, and the feature, Hard Hunted. Yes. Um, okay. So, Donna wakes up at this house with uh, myster- with these mysterious men, and it seems like she has amnesia. Uh, she ends up stealing this gun from Cold Waters, but is recaptured by the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we got these henchmen who are hired by Kane, and they are used to hunt agents, but they're they're like these really kind of dumb agents like they're very kind of slapsticky yes um now how does the agents know where they are because they seem to find them pretty quick all right <laughs> and i thought it's funny too so uh ed Edie, and lucas are on this beach the bad guys pull up in this boat and they are shooting at them but then Edie and lucas just seem to calmly walk away <laughs> from the bullets like they don't seem like walk. They seem like walk fast, but mm-hmm. they don't seem too concerned. Uh, yeah. Now they end up fleeing an explosive into a boat. The boat explodes, <laughs> and neither of these henchmen die. <laughs> yeah. Them, well, one of them just looks like uh, like uh, are, when bombs explode in cartoons. Mm-hmm. And you know. I was just thinking how much fun it must have been to direct these movies because, you know, it's almost like directing a cartoon, but in real life. <laughs> oh, I bet. And yeah. plus, you know, you're bringing in everyone to like this tropical location. Yeah, all like, that too, yeah. You know, hey, we're just going to make this, you know, really fun movie and, you know, you're going to be with like other beautiful women and, you know, good looking guys as well. And everyone's just going to have just a, a good, nice, relaxing time with each other. Yeah. Um, now. Yeah, but and and with the plot sequence, you know, like you mentioned, they're just walking away and they didn't get shot. You know, it'd just be fun to be setting up all the effects. You know, like like our friend in Tropic Thunder. Have you seen that movie? Oh yeah, I remember. Okay. It's been yeah, a while. The guy that's lighting up the jungle. He's I'm gonna light up the jungle. You know, 
It's almost like they were lighting up the desert in this one. <laughs> oh, very much so. Or the, not desert, but yeah, when they're in the dirt, you know. Sure. Sure. Uh, they're right. in Hawaii, so it's certainly not the desert. It's like a tropical paradise. Tropical but aren't paradise. they in somewhere else? I think there's a lot of mountains at some point, well, too. I've never been to Hawaii, but they're like in Honolulu, I believe. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. I've never been there, but anyone wants to like give money to Cinema Recall Podcast, so that me and Damien <laughs> can fly out to yes. Hawaii. I, I, give, I need to give money to Cinema Recall Podcast, too, so let's, let's support this guy. He's a man. Well, thank, well, I, well I would definitely you know, you know, bring you and your wife and other people there, too. And, yes, you know, can, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, getting back to the movie here, there is a one of the bad guys who actually has Nicole is this guy with an eye patch. And I wrote this down too. He's drinking, which looks like iced tea, but it's supposed to be this whiskey. Mm. But but I clearly see that it's iced tea <laughs> and not whiskey. Um, all right. Now here's here's where things get to be kind of like creeping away because Cole is telling Donna that they used to be lovers, and she can't remember him. And he's like, "Well, do you remember this?" And they start kissing. And she's like, mm. I don't remember this, but it feels nice. It feels nice. Yeah, let's face it, folks. Uh, Cole practically rapes her by saying that they used to be lovers. Yes. yes. All right. Um, now, and then when Donna wakes up, uh, she remembers who she is, and she kills Cole. Mm-hmm. Uh, our bad guy, Kane. Uh, and then I kind of lost track of my notes here. Basically... <laughs> Uh, the board gunfights happen. Kane escapes in his boat. Both Donna and Nicole are like, well, we almost had him, but we'll get him next time. Uh, maybe you can fill in the blanks here. After Donna kills Cole, mm-hmm. maybe you can, uh, reflect what happens. Well, uh, let's see here. Um, this was the first film. And I think what happens is they're fighting, they're fighting the the smug the high tech uh, people, right? Mm-hmm. The, the smugglers. Yeah. Uh, I don't really remember that particular uh, juncture you're talking about, but I I do know that they use their erotic charms. Mm-hmm. Um, they have weaponry, of course, and that's what makes it kind of fun to watch. I was thinking that. This would be a good movie, like if I'm just grading papers or just doing something, and this could be like a nice background because I could once in a while just look up and it doesn't really matter what the plot is. That's right. As uh, Jason Soto has said when we first covered Hard to Get to Hawaii, yeah, there's really not so much plot. Uh, so after you know Donna does discover who she is and kills the bad guy, she ends up joining up with uh, Nicole who happens to be on the same island where she is, mm-hmm. and they fight the other bad guys, but Kane ends up escaping. Um, but that does lead us into our next feature. Yeah. Which is... And let me just say, the reason I could remember uh, Edie's name is because when she's singing that cheesy music in the in the bar, uh, right behind her it says Edie. Yes. <laughs> so that's how I remembered it. Yeah. They need one behind... Uh, Donna and Nicole, and then I would remember them too. <laughs> you know, you know. But yeah, um, well, all right. Yeah, let's so move on. Move That's on good. here to uh, Fit to Kill. Fit to Kill. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, future applauders. 
Do you like talking about movies? Like smart movies? Dumb movies? Science fiction movies? Horror movies? Fantasy movies? Do you like listening to people talk about a movie longer than it would take you to actually watch the movie? Do you sit with your friends and rant at great length about things you're passionate about? You may be interested in Shocked and Applaud. Join us while we go through peculiar movies, traditional movies, movies that we just like, movies that we find are sort of like, huh? Do we follow somebody on social media and then they posted about a movie and we're just going to watch it now? Sure, why not? Our podcast is completely unscripted, so you're going to stumble through things with us because we stumble a lot. We're going to laugh. We're going to talk about what's problematic, but really, it comes down to talking about movies. You can visit us at shockedandapplaud.com, on Twitter at shockedapplaud, and Facebook at shockedandapplaud. We hope to see you there. Fit to kill an Andy Sedaris film. Mix one fabulous diamond with one international jewel thief, and you're fit to kill. I want to give this diamond to the Russian people in their hour of freedom. The diamond's been stolen! From a museum in Leningrad, to the casinos in Las Vegas, to the shores of Hawaii, it's babes, bombs, and bullets. Sexiest scheme on the screen since James Bond discovered Pussy Galore. It's actually quite brilliant. Hold on to your seat. Danger never looks so good. You don't know what you're missing. To Kill, an Andy Sedaris film starring Donna Spear, Roberta Vasquez, Penthouse Pet of the Year, Julie Strain, Bruce Penhall, and R.J. Morris Kane with Ava Cadell, drive-in movie critic's breast, actress of the year. So, our heroines... Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I watched both of these. I watched one last night and I watched one today. This one I didn't quite finish, so don't ask me for the trick ending. Okay. I'm not, I actually don't know. I saw a lot of it. That's okay, man. Um, yeah. Okay, so, and this one... Donna and Nicole are being stalked by what seems they're mercenaries, mm-hmm. but it's just uh, Shane and Bruce, and they're all just playing the game of paintball, all right? <laughs> and then later on, Donna and Nicole are attacked by this toy helicopter, but it was all just some part of a training exercise that Lucas is, you know, having his agents learn and do, mm-hmm. all right? Now we cut to Vegas, and Kane is in Vegas, and he has, I think... Okay, so he has his uh, girlfriend, who is, uh, I think it was Jade from the first movie, but she's played by a different actress. And I found this first sequence, when you see the girl, she always has her head turned away from the camera, so you never see her face. And it looks like her voice is dubbed by, like, a valley girl. Yeah. Well, I didn't... Notice of it now that you mention it, I do. I do notice it now that you said that. And the weird thing is that you do see her face a camera using that same voice. So uh, it wasn't necessarily a, a dubbed voice, but I never quite understood why her face is turned to the camera. And she's like, "Hi, honey, welcome home. I missed you. And I just went shopping today. I found a new outfit. Can't wait to try it on for you. But it seems like it's someone narrating a scene." Yeah, why did they do that? 
I don't know why they did that. Yeah. And it's clearly a different woman from yeah. the first movie. Her body type is different. Um, yeah, I thought it to be kind of odd. Uh, the other one has more of a, almost a rounder face, almost like a, I don't want to say younger, but like more of like a baby face look, the oh, brunette cool. in the other movie. Yeah, this one's more of a like, I'm a model, you know, don't mess with me. She's yeah. beautiful, of course. But. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, And then we are introduced to the one and only Julie Strain, uh, Penthouse Pen of the Year. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know the show Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes. Okay. Well, she is married to one of the co-creators of that series, Kevin Eastman. Oh, no way. Yeah. So he's his wife right there. Uh, She has been an probably a few other mainstream movies. She was in Beverly Hills Top 3, Naked Gun 33 and a Third. Um, great movie I want to watch called Space Girls in Beverly Hills. Haven't seen it, but it sounds hilarious. Heavy Metal 2000. Haven't seen that. Trying to either. Uh, the Bear Winch Project. Uh, episodes <laughs> of... Um, I, thought, I thought it was episodes of Tales from the Crypt, but no, it was Tales from the Crapper. Um, <laughs> bunch of other kind of like B-tiles right there, but that's probably, uh, she's best known for being in these movies and also in a whole bunch of other softcore or rock titles that were on Stinamats back in the day. Um, but yeah, but she's doing this training exercise and of course, as she's training, the best way to do any training is to take your t- your your, uh, your uh, top off right there. So yeah, <laughs> gotta, let, right. gotta let the girls breathe, I guess. You know, so she's doing everything topless and not <laughs> yeah. not a bad way to go. Yeah, it made, it made sense to me. Uh, I think you just sold the movie to hundreds of men that I've, were just listening. Yeah, or you know, or or, you know, women or lesbians. I find it too when it comes kidding. to like you know uh, naked women, last straight women. Oh out. yeah, sometimes yeah. Oh. Hey, I, speaking of that, the the brunette that replaced the other actress, what's the name of that character again? Uh, uh, Roberta Fasquez, or you talking about the Asian? Oh, yeah, probably that's the actor. I was I thinking think... of the character's name, but it doesn't matter. That one you're talking about, um, not the Asian one, but anyway, she has I, this like oddest thing. So I don't want to I don't confuse you. Are you talking about Donna and Nicole, those two? Yeah, the not brunette. the blonde, but the brunette. The brunette, yeah, Roberta Vasquez. Okay, okay yeah, her. She... She's very beautiful, I have oh, yeah. to say. But she has like this – it's kind of like a bodice thing that goes up and it's almost like a bondage-looking thing but not really. And and like on the breasts, it has like all these little studs. Remember all those little studs? Okay. They're on the boat. I remember seeing it on the boat and going, oh, my, that's an interesting – probably went into the deep, dark places of Hollywood to get that. <laughs> of course. Oh. <laughs> but, no, it's just – well, a lot, of, a lot of good things to look at here. Roberta Vasquez, uh, I think she was only in a few uh, mainstream movies. One of them was The Rookie with uh, mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen and uh, yes. um, uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, that's going back. I was thinking of the other Rookie that had Colin Farrell in it, I think. Oh, that 2000? No, no. She wasn't that one. They were talking okay. about the – Okay. Got it. I want to see it. I like Rick. Is it like a cop? Oh, is he a he's a sports player or a cop? no? It's a, it's, a, it's definitely a cop movie. Oh, Charlie okay. Sheen and Clint Eastwood are are definitely cops in that one. Oh, cool! Uh, I'm gonna check it out then. But yeah, uh, all right. So, getting bad story here. So, 
Julie Strain, which is the very tall. I think she's about six foot seven. She's like giant yeah. Amazon woman there. The uh, kind of curly black hair. She tries to kill Kane, but fails, and he invites mm-hmm. her to dinner. All right. Yeah. Now we cut to there is a meeting with the other lethal agents with like Lucas, Donna, Nicole, Edie, Shane, Bruce, and of course they have to have their meeting in a hot tub. Because of course, yeah. Why wouldn't you have your beating out? Tell Absolutely. Seems, this seems like the best thing. <laughs> uh, this is where there's exposition, and I was paying somewhat attention to the exposition, but oh, good for you. Not really. I'm sorry. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, we then cut to uh, uh, I guess some sort of like uh, dinner with Kane and Julius Strange's character, and he hires her to work for him for some sort of like dumb reason. Like he's not going to tell. The person who hired Julie Strange's character that she didn't kill her tar- her target, and so that's how he blackmails her into working for him, and he's gonna pay her. Uh, to, essentially, he's gonna help pay her to hunt down the other agents to get uh, their jewel back. All right. Yeah. All right. So uh, now we have Donna and Nicole. They made to this other place. To change clothes because we need to have a nude scene. I mean, come on now. It's been about <laughs> seven minutes between the last lady got naked. we got to have a nude scene, like, right away. So, of course, they're going to yeah. have to change clothes, which is not for and no I not- reason. I noticed that women, too, in this series, they they really are so playful when they find waterfalls. Yes. Have you noticed that? <laughs> they really become, you know, like, best friends, and they kind of hang out in the waterfall. And, you know, that's kind of – that's handy for us. Of course, you know. <laughs> so Don and Nicole and Bruce are hired to guard this diamond at this party. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we cut to another scene where Julie and this arms dealer, they're talking about this remote control plane that he has. Uh, but their conversation, it's like they're talking about the guy's penis. Oh, yes. I think I remember that part. A lot of, like, sexual innuendo language going on there. Uh, and this movie is like, is that your tool? It's like, yes, it is. <laughs> Open it up there. Like, that's a nice thing you got there, Flyboy. It's like, yeah, it's long and it's hard. It's like, and she's like, got your firepower. If you got your grip, it does. And just really just kind of like, I'm not going to quote this thing verbatim, and I'm probably wrong about what I'm saying there. But, yeah, <laughs> he, he, he's she's basically talking about the plane like it's his dick and the way he <laughs> is standing behind the crate of the plane and he's like, open it up. And, <laughs> yeah. The director's uh, wet dreams coming to life. I know, right? <laughs> so <laughs> she has this airplane, motor airplane, and she explodes this bike from the sky, which I never understood what his connection was with anything. But yeah. she... Explodes his bike, kills the guy, steals the suitcase, and I love her reaction, like, her, gotcha! <laughs> and she also has, like, this kind of, like, weird, odd reactions after she does kill the guy. Yes. That I yes. thought would be really great. All right. Now, Damien, <laughs> we get to the party. The party where this was. I love how you pay so close attention to the plot. I just love that. (laughs) So amazing. (laughs) So now I only even heard from you. So we get to this party. Yeah. And we got the music banging. All right. Edie is singing another tone deaf jam, which is absolutely kind of great. Um, But what do you think about this moment there 
when they're everyone's there at the, the party here. What are your what are your thoughts about this? Just the general. It it reminds uh, me. It reminded me a little bit of like in the eighties when there'd be like all the cocaine and everything, and you know, drug smugglers were invited and things mm-hmm. like that. It was very. It was debauchery, you know. Uh, I don't know. But I, what are you getting at exactly? Well, I'm not because, sure. Here's the thing too. Be have you noticed that when she is sitting in the song and everyone's sort of like dancing with each other, everyone seems yeah. to be dancing to a different song. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. They're not really dancing in sync. And Kane asked Donna to dance with him, and she's yes. very reluctant about though. But they do dance together, um, and then. Donna tries to like spy on Kane because she sees him going upstairs. Yes. And while they're upstairs, Kane tries to rape her. Mm-hmm. And then Julie Julie Strain's character, which I forgot her character's name, uh, she takes pictures of them on the bed, so it looks like she's double crossing her team. Um mm. then uh they somehow they drug Donna they steal the diamond, but they also drug Kane to make it look like he's not an accomplice and stealing it. So it looks like he's kind of innocent as well. Um, I don't know how anyone after that other movie. I don't know how anyone could think Kane is innocent. Well, yeah, he's I, like the evil dude. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know, uh, And then I guess they're after you know Jewish uh, trans character escapes. Uh, there, she has like the seduction scene with one of the bodyguards, which mm-hmm. is really kind of funny. Uh, she's licking like water that comes out of a faucet. Yeah, which I found to be just hysterical, and yeah. some of the lines double that... meaning, double meaning. Yeah, and some of the lines <laughs> they both give each other have just been really hysterical, fun. Um, yeah. Now. We touch on this day, and the necklace that traps Kane, it breaks. Because apparently, during the first movie, the necklace that he wears around his neck has a tracking device. And that's where yes. the, that's why the agents can find out where he is at all time. But the same henchmen who exploded in the first movie, uh, they're back. And I don't know why he decides to use that same team again. Mainly because the director found the actors for a good price, and he needed to have them. We need some more comic relief, all right? These action yeah. movies are good, but we need some more comic relief in this one. So they break the necklace, and uh, uh, the girl wants to replace it herself, but he's like, no, don't worry about it. I'll have my other henchmen try to replace it. And then while he's at this pawn shop... These other bad guys steal the necklace and a whole bunch of other money from this pawn shop, which mm-hmm. I I know for a fact I don't think these bad guys have any connection to our other bad guys. It just they just seem to come out of nowhere. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then they steal the necklace. Uh, then we cut to this random nude photo shoot between Eddie and Lucas, where she's like uh, wearing this like uh, tight see through white outfit that you know hugs all her curves and everything um yeah and then so donna and kane where who seem to be double now i'm not might get into some spoilers here are you okay with that go for it yeah i always do spoilers okay so 
apparently the guy that hired to the, the so the Asian guy who hired Don and Nicole and the rest of the lethal agents, it turns out he was a double crosser as well, and mm-hmm. he was double crossed to protect the diamond. So um, he's apparently a bad guy now, and he's kind of holding Donna and Kane hostage. And then we cut to another sequence here. Folks, this actually happens in the movie. So if you think that I'm just, like, <laughs> going over things randomly, that's how it is in this movie, okay? So <laughs> Ava, who's the radio disc jockey who gives all the clues to other female agents, um, she's attacked while she's doing her radio show. And I forgot to mention because two, I guess, uh, Russian, um, how do you say the word here, like uh, diplomats are there to visit. Yeah. Okay. So there's a Russian diplomat who has kind of a crush on Ava, and Ava is attacked by one of the bad guys. Which bad guy? I don't know, but he's a bad freaking dude. And uh, so Ava's attacked, and her Russian friend pulls a... Oh, he pulls... The Russian guy pulls a gun on him, but uh, he actually doesn't do anything about it. Yeah. it's kind of weird thing to, like, the bad guy actually pulls a gun, but doesn't uh-huh. actually shoot the guy. I know. That's pretty common, though, in movies. You should know that by now. <laughs> I, I, well, no, but he has a gun right there. Is he trying to shoot the Russian and kill her, too? But no, the bad guy just runs away uh, after uh, her Russian friend gets into a fight with him. Like, they're in a fight, and then he pulls a gun, and he doesn't shoot them. So anyways, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, that is a shock, you know? All right. You'd think that he would just shoot him right there. Yeah, I mean, he had the upper hand on him. Why didn't he just shoot him? But nope, the bad guy runs away. Um, Ava and her Russian friend, they end up having sex. Uh, she takes a phone call, and she says she's doing, like, dialogue, and she's like, you should find love, and I'm about to find love right now. And, <laughs> yeah, watch that radio show. So they have sex. Um, and then Kane is there with Donna, and he has this, like, secret fantasy uh, dream sequence where he is, like, this super secret agent, like a James Bond. Um, and he he has a dream that he's having sex with Donna or just being in this, like, really elaborate Bond sequence. It seems like he's doing the sequence from For Your Eyes Only. Yeah. There's a famous Bond movie, a video cassette, where it has, like, a girl uh, stand-in and Bond is featured in between her legs. Yeah. So they kind of get far away shots. Yeah, I, uh, I forget. Yeah, I'm not a big, like, I haven't seen him a bunch of times. But, yeah, I know the way. I can see the poster Yeah, in my head. Uh, Time to Kill, maybe? Maybe. I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, there's a famous Bond poster where a woman is standing uh, with her legs kind of like spread apart. Bond is in between them, and he shoots a gun in between them. Oh, maybe View to a Kill. That could be View to a Kill, too. View to a Kill. Yeah. Uh, but it was kind of a famous shot, and they kind of re- recreate this for this dream sequence that Kane is having. Uh, he wants to be uh, the secret agent. Um, so we're getting very close to the end of this right now. Uh, at the end, when bad guys are attacking Edie and Lucas, um, they blow up Julia Strain's remote plane. And she gets upset, starts shooting with them at this machine gun. And there's a great sequence where Luke just says to cover me. And Edie just jumps on him yeah. to cover his body. And he says, no, 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 not like that. 
I only saved your life, but not like that. Not like that, exactly. Uh, so anyways, they explode the other boat. They explode uh, Kane's yacht, where the bad guys were. And then everything ends up back in the hot tub. So <laughs> that's always yeah. This movie's great. You always end up back in the hot tub. It's just like a vacation, up. you know. You go out in the day, you fight Russians, you know, you get a little lunch. Then ultimately, it always ends up no tops for the women, and we end up we're drinking champagne in the jacuzzi. <laughs> yeah. So I, I never really mentioned how Kane and Donna escaped from these bad guys, but they end up doing so, um, and I don't quite remember. How they did, but doesn't really matter because they actually did, and um, they end up blowing up his boat. Not with him on it, though. I think Kane is still alive, but we'll find out maybe in another movie. Uh, yeah, like I said before, folks, these movies just kind of go all over the place a little bit. And I'm trying my best to really just try to repeat the storyline, but. Fuck, man. This is this is like a, a bachelor pad movie. I mean, oh yeah. If you if you have a party, you get a keg or you get some brews, and you know you have your friends over, you could just like have it going in the background, put the bass on. It's got some you know decent sound effects. I'm not gonna say the music is great, no. But some of the music is is okay. Yeah. So you could just uh, you know have it in the background, and or you could watch the whole thing like we have, uh, and it's uh you know it's worth watching. The, the, I it, think. It's a fun, silly movie. Um, I'm hoping on upcoming episodes I can get some comments from like other female podcasters. There you uh, go. Hoping to have my friend Heather Bassendale from the MILFcast. Oh, she'd be a good one. Yeah, because she's very open-minded and yeah. she likes action movies mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. So, so I think that she'd be a, a great uh, upcoming co-host for this right now. Uh, but right now, I've got nothing more to say about both Heart Hunted <laughs> and Fit to Kill. So, Damien, um, first of all, Heart Hunted, yeah. where would you rate this one at? From Well, just one... to remind your viewers, too, I watched this one on Prime. Okay. So it, so it is available. If you have Amazon Prime, this one's available. And I like – I actually like this one better than the other one. So I'd probably uh, – I, I thought the um, – should I call them actresses or models? Hmm, no. Well, I, mean, I thought the actresses who are as beautiful as models, I thought they were sort of, uh, I don't know, they were dressed better or something. I just I thought they were a little bit prettier in the first movie. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed the look of them in the first movie. I would give this one, it's weird because if I rate it, you know, compared to like a movie like Forrest Gump, you know, I think Forrest Gump would probably win or Castaway. Tom Hanks movies are coming into my mind right now. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just to rate it for what it is, which is kind of just sort of like a banal delight, I would say I'd probably give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Hey. Oh, are you doing 10 or are you doing 5? Yeah, 10 is fine. 10 is fine. Okay. 6 out of right. 10, that's perfect okay. here. Uh, what about uh, Fit to Kill? Fit to Kill would go down a couple notches. I didn't, although there was some humor in it, uh, more so than the first one. Uh, but I just, the look of it, and I, well, maybe it's because I was a little rushed. I was trying to, I waited too long to watch it. Uh, but I watched it this morning, and, and I, I just, I preferred the other one, uh, mostly because the second one was kind of, uh, I think they tried to make it too stylish. I think it's too flashy. Yeah. Uh, so it just didn't appeal to me as much. So I'd probably give that one a 5 out of 10. 
Fair enough. But, you know, I, I'm pretty much in the same boat as yeah. you are, Damien. I definitely like the first movie more. The first movie just flows a little bit faster. The storyline yeah. is a little bit more quicker. I found the characters to be much more interesting yeah. and engaging than the second movie. Uh, I just didn't really understand the whole storyline, the double crossing with the guy who hires his ladies to protect his diamond. They, it turns out he, to him to be a bad guy. And they try to put in this whole uh, subplot with, um, I guess, in the World War II with like Nazis and people trying to protect this diamond. And because mm. the goal is trying to give this diamond to like these Russian, that's why the Russian diplomats are there, that they're to, there to receive this diamond. And mm. it turns out that the guy who's giving the diamond away is a bad guy who is trying to steal the diamond for himself. I'm like, well, if he's trying to steal the diamond, why is he hiring these other agents to protect it? So I yeah, never... there were some problems there, yeah, with that story. So a lot of script problems right there, but Hard Hunted, pretty easy to, like, you know, engage that one right there. Because apparently yeah. there's, like, this trigger item in that Jade Scorpion, and that's what Kane is using it for. He wants to try and sell it to other bidders, and that's why the agents are there to get it back from him. Very yeah. simple storyline. Uh, they try to, like, get it back. And they, they do get it back, and they try to kill the guy, but he escapes. And, yeah, I just found the first one to be a lot more fun. Uh, yeah. I love all the cheesy the, all the cheesy songs, too, that happen. Um, yeah, I... All these movies yeah. are all, all these movies are also, like, around, like, 90 minutes, which is perfect yes. length. Yeah. For any movie right there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think we said, like, a lot about uh both these movies we you know i do too give some facts about some of the uh actors involved with this and uh talked about the artwork of andy sedaris and his filmmaking team and i gotta say uh even to be involved with the crew on this would be amazing i mean if i if i I have a chance to like hold a boom mic for these movies (laughs) you could be in charge of oiling up the uh Bikini well, models. That, of course, that's a that's dream an as well. inside joke for movie fans. Everyone's to have that job too. But if seriously, if they said, <laughs> "Vern, you're gonna hold a boom mic while these girls are naked around each other," okay, sure. Do you remember that uh, that joke in Dumb and Dumber? Oh, or is that the, the very end? <laughs> the bus, the bus is cruising by, and they yes. stop in like the Hawaiian Tropic. It's a Hawaiian Tropic bus, and yes. all the women have bikinis on, and they come out and they say. Hey boys, come on! We need somebody to, you know, oil our bodies or something. He says something like, "Well, we're not trained in that." Oh no, he goes, oh, "You are in <laughs> luck. There is a right. town oh, yeah, back yeah, yeah. that that's way. Right, that's right. That's right. <laughs> There's tons of guys over there. Right? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good thing to think yeah, about. That, like was that. that was a great way to end that movie too. That was perfect. Yeah, it um, was. <laughs> but yeah, this latest like before these movies remind me of like Baywatch or like Baywatch Nights. Remember that show, Baywatch yeah. Nights? Yes. <laughs> uh, whereas like Baywatch Nights is like about a, like a spy agency in Baywatch, and that's what yeah. this kind of reminds me of. But the girls actually get naked in these yeah. movies versus Baywatch. That's what I was gonna say. It's kind of like Charlie's Angels, only they lose their tops. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, but hey, man. Uh, yeah. Thank you. So I, I've had to rate these movies. I'm gonna give uh, Hard Hunted out of like ten. I'm gonna oh give it... my gosh! What happened? I can't believe you gave that a ten. No, I, I said ten. No, I said wait. Hard Hunted out of ten. Oh, okay. 
I'm gonna, I was gonna rate... have to argue a ten. Oh no, I'm not giving ten. I was like, out of ten, <laughs> I'm gonna rate it around like a seven. Okay, a little higher than me. All right, you know? that's fine. And then for seven or eight, I can't decide, but pretty high on that one. Uh, and then fit to kill out of ten, I'm bringing that a little bit lower than you. I'm bringing that down to probably yeah. three and a half. I agree with that. Yeah, it's it's lacking a little bit. Oh, like sometimes they rely too much uh, on the success of the first one. They think, oh, we don't have to work so hard, you know. But you do. Every sequel has to be better. Yeah. You know? uh, so that's going to wrap up our discussion of both Hard Hunted and Fit to Kill. Damien, uh, maybe you can help plug what's going on on your podcast, yes. Raleigh on Film. Yes, yes, you can. Well, I'm doing more work with The Vern, which I'm excited about. Uh, you know, I want to look into some of the more uh, uh, quirky films that I like or that I'm interested in seeing, and I'll I'll be hitting you up for those if you don't mind. Oh, please do, man. I love that. <laughs> All right, yeah, because we're kind of we share that in common. We're sort of we like the quirky stuff. And I, I learned I learned that when you did Howard the Duck. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this guy's just like me. <laughs> I, I had I had you a lot of like defending. Of yeah. Howard the Duck, even later on, too, after the episode of the Lambcast. I'm still sort of like defending yeah. Howard the Duck, and I'm like, I don't know how to really defend this movie anymore. I can, I can understand why people who watch it totally hate yeah. it. I, I read Mo- Movie Rob's review of Howard the Duck. I'm like, okay, totally understand it. Made total it. sense. Oh, yeah, you totally hate that movie. <laughs> and his review. You never totally... know with him. Sometimes I agree with him, sometimes we're complete opposites. Yeah. You just never know. And that and that's totally fine. He made up some like really good points about the movie too. And but okay, uh, but I'm still gonna love Howard the Duck. And I yeah, you the man. You know. But anyway, just about what's happening with me. Basically, if new people are listening and don't know about me or haven't heard of my site, it's RileyOnFilm.com. And basically, what I'm doing, what I've been doing for about the last year, is uh, writing about movies that maybe you haven't seen so you're gonna see some horror movies on my site that maybe you haven't heard of uh independent ones things like that Uh, people either send them to me or i get them through horrornews.net where i'm a writer and so i get stuff sent to me sometimes and then i i try to focus on that so my site's kind of becoming more of a independent horror type of site but it can it could switch at any time. I mean, I could do Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory tomorrow. You know, Willy Wonka on the so. Chocolate Factory is a horror movie. Okay, that's I don't care. Right, that's right. That's you right. Know. So anyway, that's just the basics, and and I would love to uh, you know get to know more people. To me, that's what podcasting is about. Sure. So so tune in. You know, that's it's RileyOnFilm.com and it's a podcast. And sometimes I do video, but mostly it's just audio, like we're doing today. Very cool, man. Very Thank cool you, indeed. Uh, yeah, I originally was on uh, Raleigh on Films' previous episode talking yeah. about mermaid horror films with the lure and mermaid <laughs> that down. Was so, so great. Yeah, let's let's promote that some more because that was a lot of fun. And and just to think of such an oxymoron, you know, you're thinking of the tale of a mermaid and this beautiful woman who's a mermaid, and then you're thinking of horror. <laughs> yeah like how do those fit together but they really do, they do. we talk about it <laughs> exactly man uh so yes uh definitely go on to his website rallyonfilm.com mm-hmm. uh david's found on twitter at rallyonfilm thank you so much yeah, yeah between those two you should be able to 
find me. I'm also on Facebook, but I, I seem to be uh, – I, I need to keep that up more. I don't really tend to my Facebook, but I do have a page for Riley on Film there if you're, right. if you're on Facebook. Well, definitely search that for well. That's awesome, man. Um, as for Cinema Recall Podcast, uh, I know – that we are continuing our series of Andy Sinter's features. Uh, not quite sure what's happening next week or so, uh, mainly because uh, I've got other things going on. But I promise you folks, we will have an episode out for you. Um, you can find all of our episodes, past, present, and future, at the site cinemarecall.net. Uh, we're available on most other podcast platforms such as Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, most places you can find podcasts at. We are on Twitter at Cinema underscore Recall, and then Facebook and Instagram, we are Cinema Recall Podcast. Don't forget to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Cinema Recall Pod, where you can get early access to episodes. Bonus shows not available anywhere else. A special shout-out for me on each episode. Uh, also, a chance for you to pick topics and be a co-host on episodes, so definitely check that out. Uh, that is all for right now. Uh, big thank you to my guest co-host, good friend, Damon Riley from the Riley on Film Podcast. Please uh, yeah. support his show. Uh, he's got great conversations with other great podcasters. Uh-huh. And follow his guests, follow him, check out his reviews. Thanks, man. The guy knows his horror very well. <laughs> We've uh, both been doing this longer than we care to admit. Huh? I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but anyways, folks, that's it for now. Uh, the Vern and Damien signing off for Cinema Recall Podcast. And all have a great night. And as the seagulls and whiz crash, we come to another end of an episode of Sedera September. Stay tuned for next one. On the beach, we sit and watch the sunset. Then it's off to party all night long. Tell me how high can one get? We play and dance and we make romance. Tonight I've got the mic. And as for tomorrow, well, I never met a zombie that I didn't like. Ay, 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 ay. Ay, 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 ay.